Hello, this is Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. In this episode, we'll be talking about Wi-Fi's evolving role alongside 5G, and who better to talk about that than Derek Peterson, CTO at Boingo. Derek, welcome to The Signal. Hey, Martha, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's always exciting to be talking about Wi-Fi and 5G and how Boingo is working to power the connected future. And so thanks for having me again. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about it. You deploy a lot of connectivity solutions for your partners, including Wi-Fi 6 and 5G. So before we get started, for our listeners who might not know, can you just give us a quick overview of Boingo and your role at the company? Yeah, sure. I'm Derek Peterson. I'm the CTO for Boingo Wireless. And what that means is I basically lead all of the technology that Boingo's deploying, whether it's Wi-Fi, cellular, or IoT-connected devices, as well as all the systems that make it work. So the websites and the media and the advertising and all the different things that you want to get connected and whether it's a camera or people walking through an airport and need a phone or they're at a stadium and they want to make bets, we're providing that connectivity through all these great different opportunities we have to deploy new wireless networks, whether it's Wi-Fi 6 or 5 or LoRa or some of these new technologies that are coming out and being available to really create this digital transformation that everybody's going through. All right, all that, and you still have time for a podcast. We appreciate it. Okay, so Wi-Fi 6 and 5G both represent big leaps forward for Wi-Fi and cellular, respectively. Can you talk about any trials or even actual deployments that are underway that really represent the convergence and the synergies of these? Yeah, at most of our locations, one of the things that we need to recognize is that the digital transformation is accelerating. And so getting connected used to be when we started off, it was, okay, use Wi-Fi when people are going to an airport and then creating some kind of a commercial experience for people to sign on and be able to stay connected while they're in an airport or when they're in a busy location and maybe their cellular networks were not as strong. That's changed now where we're really focused in on all of the things that are happening in the venue as well. So the operational aspects, the parking, all the digital transformation that's happening to monitor bathroom usage and be able to have the right people cleaning a bathroom. There's just so many use cases now as everything's, we're starting to get more information and we're trying to create a better experience as people go to venues and as they participate and spend most of their time indoors. And so how do you end up doing that? Well, it really requires us to focus in on understanding that we have a lot of tools available to us. And so the network's no longer just about one technology or another. It's really about creating a flexible design that allows you to have all the different aspects working. And so we're doing that at pretty much every location now. So whether you're in a stadium and you need to order food at your seat and you want to be able to have 
the NFL players, for example, be able to get on their tablets and be able to see the last play so they can make adjustments. Or you want to be able to have an NFL player, for example, be able to have the coach talk to the quarterback to call in that next play. That's all today being done over these wireless technologies that we're deploying. And so that same design is happening everywhere, whether it's a stadium or an airport or our homes, it's important. And so we really kind of push that forward. And one of the ways we push that forward is working with groups like the Wi-Fi Alliance and the Wireless Broadband Alliance and GSMA and trying to create standards that allow all these technologies to not only coexist together, but co-integrate with one another so that you can create that super seamless and secure and capable environment for all these different connections. Right. So a lot of times people will move from one to the other without even realizing it. For example, with Passpoint, right? Yeah. I mean, Passpoint's something that back in 2014, we really focused in on and realized that we needed to launch it. So we were one of the first ones to launch it at Chicago Hare in 2014. And since then, we've really pushed it forward with some new technology around open roaming, which allows free locations to easily, by clicking a button inside of your network, you can join this federation to be able to provide Wi-Fi connectivity across the globe. And right now, we have over a million uh, hotspots that are connected using this open roaming technology, and we're excited that we're going to see even more in the coming months. Okay, great. So in addition to moving users from one to the other, though, I think sometimes maybe some of these networks are being deployed specifically to free up traffic on another network. I know that you got a lot of attention a few months ago for your deployment at Gallagher Square near Petco Park. It sounded like you were moving a lot of the staff at that stadium onto a cellular network, a private cellular network, maybe to free up some of the Wi-Fi network? Or tell us a little bit about how that works and why it made sense to move a lot of internal operations to a private cellular network. Yeah, it's really about applying the right spectrum with the right network for the right use case and the right outcome for the venue. So in the case of the Petco Park and the Padres, What they needed was they wanted to be able to have their operations uh, have a connection that wasn't going to be interrupted by perhaps a lot of people hitting a certain area when they're going to get concessions or they're inside of a suite and they need to be able to still do their operations and a lot of people end up showing up in a suite and so the the Wi-Fi is being taxed. They wanted basically a separate network that was still co-integrated with the full design of the system to be able to provide that operational capability. So what we ended up doing is we recognized that we could have done things like create a separate VLAN and perhaps put up a separate Wi-Fi network, but just as simply, we could also take advantage of other technologies like the Ongo Alliance uh, CBRS capabilities and in the future, private network 5G to be able to provide another network that sits alongside the existing commercial network instead of trying to use that commercial network for everything. And that's one of the things we are getting better at as an industry is we're realizing why do our lights need to be on the same network as our commercial network? How do we improve that by maybe using other networks and or as we start moving towards Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E and we start being able to segment channels out a little bit more and do what is real common talked about in 
5G is the slicing of a network. So you give the wireless light slice that's separate from the commercial network without having to encumber the commercial network by the lights or, or vice versa. And so that's where we'll head in the future is this slicing technology where we can share it all. But right now what we have is we have these coexisting, co-integrated networks that allow that same kind of functionality that we'll see in the future that may be even more easy to deploy and manage. Okay, excellent. So network slicing is going to be possible with Wi-Fi 6 and 6E. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. What Wi-Fi 6 introduced is it introduced this idea of OFDMA. And so then what we've been doing is we've added our own proprietary way of being able to take every packet as it goes through the network and put a tag on that packet. And then that tag allows you to then say, okay, for this tagged packet that's coming through my network, deliver it in a certain way, whether it's over Wi-Fi or private network, we can end up delivering that packet across a different slice or a different segment across multiple different technologies. And that's that's where we're headed towards is creating that functionality instead of it being some kind of proprietary way of being able to tag that information is to really start tagging every piece of traffic it goes through so that you can end up providing that quality of service on every packet. So that really does speak to convergence because it's just choosing the network that is the most appropriate for that exact use case at that exact time, right? Yeah, definitely. And there's been a lot of advancement along that. A lot of people know about multipath technologies, and this is just the evolution of those multipath technologies where they're now the network and the device that's connecting to that network are are both talking to each other to make a better experience. And we see it happening in our phones today when we see we're automatically connecting to Wi-Fi or we're automatically connecting to the cellular. It's evolving. Sometimes it doesn't make the right choice, but with these new standards, we'll be able to make more logical and knowledgeable choices. Okay. All right. Great. Well, one of the venues where I think we may be seeing this in action now or soon is Austin FC, the Major League Soccer Stadium in Austin. I think you did Wi-Fi 6 and a neutral host distributed antenna system there. Is that right? Yeah. So right now, the Wi-Fi at that location is deployed. It's a Wi-Fi 6 network. It's working well. We ended up creating different segments for ticketing and all the different use cases that they have on the operational side, as well as a, a really strong commercial network for individuals who come in and want to do their Facebooking or whatever else that they're doing. So that's there. The DAS systems are going in now. So we're putting in a, a neutral host distributed antenna system, as well as looking towards the future and putting in some systems that are going to be capable of some of the 5G technologies, you know, at the millimeter wave and some of the other frequencies that are coming available for networks. Okay, well, that's exciting. And what about military bases? You're known for your work on military bases. Is Wi-Fi 6 coming to those? Definitely. You know, as a veteran, I'm, I'm very proud to be doing the work that we do for the military. And so what we have there is unlike uh, traditional cable offerings where an individual military service member has to go contact some kind of a cable provider to be able to get a device to connect, they can just automatically connect to an existing network that's there and be connected and sign up and use the network at not only the location that they're at today, but as our service members move around from location to location, they still have that great Wi-Fi 
six capability at each location or at each barracks or each room that they go to. So we're launching our Wi-Fi 6 as part of our roadmap in this year as part of some upgrades that we're doing. And we're also launching some of our first uh, fiber-based networks and giving one gigabit internet to uh, service members. It's now available, for example, at Fort Polk. So we're continuing to not only just look at the wireless technologies, but also how do we combine the wired and the wireless technologies to be able to provide a better experience. That's great. Incredibly important right now. Thank you so much for updating us on that. And let's talk a little bit about airports. Most of us know Boingo for airports, and you did bring it up earlier. I think you mentioned that some private cellular networks are starting to go in at airports, but I think you're also increasing Wi-Fi deployments at a lot of your airport venues. Is that right? Yeah, as we talked about, the digital transformation is here. And so the airports are wanting to get more information from the planes as they land. They want to get more information from the operations that are happening around there. There's more tenant services that are being connected. And so it's really just about building that network alongside the carriers and the subscribers and the venue operations and really just recognizing that there's multiple parties inside there. And so deploying a private network with 5G or with an LT or CBRS or Wi-Fi networks for certain operations are very important. And just as important, as you know, is making sure that our experiences are touchless is a big part of the airport changes now too, and the security that needs to happen there. So really driving that touchless experience is a key part too, so that you can do facial recognition to get your ticket through or through TSA. And some of those things are happening. You see it, you know, for example, with those clear boxes at some of the airports, those are connected to that same network. And so creating a secure way for those devices to connect it is also a big part of what we do. Okay, that's great. All right. Well, do you see an increase in demand on the airport Wi-Fi networks aside from just you've talked about a lot of trends that are just happening with technology, but we're also seeing traffic pick up at the airports. I know I saw it last time I was there. I think people are coming back to the airports. So are airports ready? Are the Wi-Fi networks going to be taxed more? We're constantly doing upgrades. Um, The need for more and more connectivity by our devices is, is accelerating. Most of us now don't just carry one connected device, whether we have, you know, our connected phones that are basically a mini computer in our pocket, but that same thing's happening with our watches, our glasses and AR experiences that we want that are going to keep advancing. And all this, these advancements of connecting means that you need to have stronger networks. So yeah, we're seeing a growth. I mean, to traditionally that growth has been just on the commercial side has been somewhere between 60 and 70%. And you can see that in a lot of the different reports that are out there. But in addition to that growth on the commercial side of just people walking through an airport and having new devices that need more connectivity because they're running hundreds of apps on their phone. In addition to that, it's all that operational growth and that digital transformation growth. So the the networks are definitely getting more complex. That's the value of Wi-Fi 6E. We're excited about the opportunity that we're going to have this year to be deploying some Wi-Fi 6E and take advantage of the 6 gigahertz spectrum that we'll have available to create these experiences. Yeah, it's going to be great. Do you see the next generation of Wi-Fi here in the U.S. taking a different trajectory than other countries? 
I used to think so because the United States government was very keen in being able to give 1,200 megahertz of that 6 gigahertz spectrum to make it available. So I commend them for that. You know, I was at a conference in uh, Dubai a few weeks ago, and the Dubai area and Saudi ended up doing the same thing and gave 1,200 megahertz of spectrum for Wi-Fi in the 6 gigahertz band. Other countries are kind of taking a different approach where they're using maybe five or 600 megahertz of spectrum in the 6 gigahertz. Our hope, and we're still pushing it across the industry, is that we'll see them continue to work towards adopting that full 1,200 megahertz for Wi-Fi. So to answer your question, there is a little concern about other locations around the globe that aren't taking that approach to be able to make uh, more spectrum available for the Wi-Fi and the 6 gigahertz are unlicensed. And so we're going to probably see a little bit of a, a retraction, I think, in certain areas where they won't have that available bandwidth to be able to create their innovative unlicensed technology. As we know, you know, the unlicensed has been a big push for this innovation that we've seen in, in the last few years. Just the number of connected devices and the different use cases that Wi-Fi can do has been a, a big innovation bump for all of us. Absolutely. All right, Derek, this has been great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or highlight here? No, I'd just say it's an exciting time for the industry. I'd hope that people are thinking about careers and working in the industry, whether it's on the licensed or unlicensed side. We need more engineers all the time and looking forward to having more conversations as we move forward and we start seeing the evolution of Wi-Fi and and 5G and 6G, and really connectivity improve our lives. All right. Derek Peterson, CTO of Boingo, thank you so much for being here on The Signal. Thank you. And that is our show. Thanks for listening to The Signal. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to all the resources we discussed today. And for all things Wi-Fi Alliance, visit y-fi.org, that's wifi.org, or connect with us on social. Until next time, thank you for listening to The Signal.